Welcome to this bonus episode of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. So as you're listening to this, it is going to be Friday, and I am thrilled to be launching this podcast episode because as a lot of my episodes are lately, I just decided to record this. I was in the middle of working on my book that I'm writing, and I was like, okay, full disclosure, my brain today is like, I don't, I'm not diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, but I'm pretty sure I have it. And some days, usually on the days when I actually like clear out my schedule and I have time to work on things that I need to, those are the days that my brain is just in hyperdrive mode and I have a really hard time concentrating. And today is one of those days. I dropped my son off at camp, went to a coffee shop to work, and I literally just I didn't do anything. I, I could not concentrate at all. And I eventually just left and came home. And here we are. <laughs> so uh, so we're doing this bonus episode on, it's a case study on a brand called Salt and Straw. And this brand is near and dear to my little heart. They are a Pacific Northwest-based ice cream shop. So they have brick-and-mortar shops. They also have – they also sell online. And just a quick backstory about the brand and why the hell I'm doing this podcast episode, especially like a last-minute – unprepared, unedited podcast. So you may have noticed lately, and if you follow me on Instagram, you may have noticed lately like a lot of my content has really changed over the past few months. And I've talked about this on the podcast a couple of times before, but I just kind of got really bored of doing like how to, how to, how to, five ways to do this, three ways to do this, how to drive more traffic. Although I love teaching those things, but my podcast is where I share with you those step-by-step things and the step-by-step and actionable and takeaways and things like that. And I was just getting really bored with Instagram and just frustrated with Instagram. And so I decided I'm going to give TikTok a try finally. And because I'm doing a lot more videos on TikTok, I it's just more fun. But what I started to do was just experiment with a few different things. And one day I posted a a video of myself going into, I was in Target, just scrolling through the aisles looking for a drink. And again, this idea popped into my head. Let's do a video on like how to stand out against competitors in a in a shop or something. So I think this video was, I was talking about Poppy, how Poppy drink like really stands out from their packaging. And I got a lot of people messaging me like, oh my gosh, I love that video. It was so fun. I loved it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, thank you. And then I didn't think much of it, honestly. And then I did another video. I don't remember what it was, but it was like a similar kind of video, except this time I took another first, I buy a lot of drinks. Like, I don't know. I just, I love like buying cool little drinks. So I did another drink video on some brand and I was just kind of talking about what, why they're, oh, okay, no, it wasn't a drink. It was a popcorn brand. It was less, no lesser evil or something, popcorn. And I just talked about how their packaging, like what they do really well based on their packaging. And again, I got a lot of people messaging me being like, oh my gosh, that was such an awesome video. Like, thank you. So that's sort of when the light bulb moment hit me and I was like, okay, people are liking more of this stuff and I like doing more of this. Why are you not doing more of this stuff? So, okay, fine, let's do it. So now you'll probably notice on my Instagram in particular, you're not going to see a lot of like the how to and all that. You're going to see more 
like featured brands, like how this drink is master, how this drink brand is mastering, um, their branding, how this ice cream truck shop is mastering is like what they're doing well on their website, what this brand is doing well with this thing. So I'm trying just to feature more actual brands in real life and showing you here's the one thing that they're nailing. So you can look at that video and say, Oh, okay. Well, I can do that too. Or like, Oh, I never thought of that. Let me try that. So that's sort of how this all started. So anyway, um, my friend about a week ago messaged me and she sent me this Instagram handle of this ice cream truck called Blanche's Ice Cream Truck. And I saw it and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm doing a video on Blanche's Ice Cream Truck. Their branding is beautiful. Their aesthetic on Instagram is beautiful. Their website is beautiful. Their storytelling. I am obsessed. So I did that video and then I was like, okay, I'm doing more ice cream videos because ice cream brands are so fun and who doesn't like ice cream? And I think ice cream brands, because we can go to a a physical um, shop and see the ice cream, we can also like look for ice cream in a grocery store. There's a lot of opportunity to take what an ice cream brand does and trickle that down into whatever your brand is. And just because it's an ice cream brand and you sell t-shirts, it doesn't mean that you can't take what they're doing and apply it to your brand. Everything is completely transferable here um, with a few exceptions, of course. But for the most part, this is all transferable information. So if I do this episode, we're going to be talking about how Salt and Straw has nailed customer loyalty. That's what this episode is going to be about. You can take the concept and apply it to your business pretty much like no matter what you're selling. Like I said, there's always going to be exceptions here. So when I talk about salt and straw, um, I would say a few things just to think about. And I first, I want to also talk about the backstory of this business. So salt and straw is a Pacific Northwest based ice cream brand. They are, they started in, I want to say in Portland, Oregon. And kind of stemmed out from there. And I know they have shops now in Washington State and in California. Beyond that, I do not know if they have any more stores. But I first discovered them living in Seattle. I lived in this trendy neighborhood called Ballard. And it's definitely like a really fun, like hip, hip neighborhood. Definitely like if I was in my early 20s back in the day, I would have loved living there. I moved there when I had a child and was more like family oriented, but I still freaking love Ballard and I love neighborhoods that are eclectic and have boutique restaurants and shops and all that. So anyway, so Salt and Straw opened during the, you know, first year that I lived in in Seattle. And basically it was like a new ice cream shop that opened and the line was down the street. And so of course when a line is down the street, you're kind of like, oh, I'm interested in whatever you're selling. So I went to the store and we they had a bunch of cool ice cream flavors, unique flavors. And basically I was kind of hooked from there. They allow you to try samples, as many samples as you want. They're just friendly. They have a fun vibe. And I liked them. And then I noticed when I because I would walk around Ballard, downtown Ballard all the time. It's a really fun neighborhood. Um, because I've been working from home for a long time, I would go and go to different coffee shops and work all the time. So I would notice that they would always have promotions outside their door for like new flavors. And it was every single month. So and then I followed them on Instagram. So I would also see when they had these new flavors come out. But anyway, um, so 
that's sort of how I discovered them. And I want to talk about the new flavors in a minute and get to the point of this entire episode. But the point here, I just wanted to give you a little bit of backstory of of who they are and why I'm even talking about them. I think Salt and Straw is – I've never – I've not seen an ice cream brand – okay, what, okay, I have one caveat here. Salt and Straw and Jenny's. Jenny's ice cream, they are – masters, magicians, ninjas at marketing and branding. Hands down. Both of those stores, I don't think one is better than the other. Maybe Jenny's is slightly better. Sorry, salt and straw. Um, Only because of Jenny's, like the product labels on their ice cream, I've never seen anything so beautiful. I'm sorry. I know that sounds weird, but like when I see a Jenny's ice cream label, I, my fate, I smile. I'm like, I need to buy you right now because your label is so beautiful and perfect. So I would say they win in the product label department, but pretty much everything else. Again, I don't live near a Jenny's in-person store, but I lived near a salt and straw store. So my loyalty is going to be more towards salt and straw. <laughs> this is like, this is, sounds so dumb. As I'm saying this, I'm like, you sound like a crazy idiot talking about ice cream labels like that. You sound crazy. That's okay. I'm passionate. And if you listen to this podcast, you already know I'm a passionate person and certain things I am obsessed with. And, and to be honest, most things I could care less about, but like when it comes to packaging and product labels and customer loyalty and marketing, oh, like I'm obsessed. Okay. So that's how I discovered Salt and Straw. Now let's get to the point of this entire episode. So customer, lo- so what they do really well, let's talk about their marketing strategy. One of their strategies, and I'm only re- actually referring to the in-person strategy. So Salt and Straw, what they do is every single month, they release a new flavor of ice cream. And I'm sorry, not one flavor. They re- they they introduce a series. I feel like I'm not speaking correctly today. <laughs> every month, they launch, yes, a new like package, not pack. I'm, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of. But basically, the point here is that they launch like, I think it's like seven f- new flavors of ice cream. And they're all based around a theme. So they don't just launch random stuff. It's always a theme. So for example, in October, they have all like really weird Halloween flavors. So like, for example, my favorite was cornucopia. It was basically like a bunch of candies mixed into the ice cream. They also had, I wonder if I can find the flavors really quick. I don't think they'll say the flavors from Halloween. Um, Yeah, I don't know if they will say it. Oh, I just saw that they have a, a Florida location now. Awesome. So I have no idea what the flavors are for ice cream. I'm sorry, for Halloween. But they, they're always themed. So December was going to be more like Christmassy, that kind of thing. November is going to be more like Thanksgiving-y type flavors. So they're very, very themed based. But they're super unique. And the interesting about Salt and Straw is that they take ingredients from local places. So they're very much, and again, I'm not reading off of their website or anything. I'm just going off of what I know about them. But they, they're they very interested in sourcing locally. So all the stuff that goes into their ice cream flavors would be from local businesses. So for example, like um, 
you know, the candy copia, they're going to be taking um, those, the candies that are inside and they're going to be getting them from local businesses. Will they get them 100% from local business? I have no idea. Like if there's peanut butter cups in there, are they using Reese's or are they using a smaller brand? I'm not sure about that specific thing. But in general, they will source ingredients completely from local businesses. So if they're putting in, like I know they do a lot of like there's a lot of flavors that have like cheese in them, which to be honest with you, that sounds so gross to me and I would not eat an ice cream with cheese, but people love it. Like the weird freaking flavors are the ones that people go crazy for and they're always freaking weird. Um, and so they'll, they would get the cheese from like local organ, um, businesses or farmers or something like that. So they're just an incredible business. They, they're just incredible. So, their their strategy, like I said, is every month they bring in new themes of flavors. So I want to kind of backtrack a little bit because I think this is a really important thing to think about before we go any further. So think of your traditional ice cream shop. Let's let's um I'm trying to think of like a normal shop that you might go to. Maybe like a Ben and Jerry's or like what kind what's like an ice cream shop that's like a normal one? Let me let me Google really quickly. Ice cream shop. I have no idea. <laughs> ice cream shops. Um, ba, ba, ba. Okay, just give me a minute. I'm just kind of looking up ice cream. Okay, like Cold Stone. So I I know that's one. Baskin Robbins. I mean, who the hell goes to Baskin Robbins? That just seems like a weird ice cream shop, no? But Baskin Robbins... Cold Stone Creamery. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of Baskin Robbins here, which is interesting. And then we have like a lot of small batch ice cream shops, which are the ones I always go to. Like I would never go to a freaking Cold Stone. And if you go to those, I'm not trying to offend you at all. I just, I just wouldn't go to those. I would, I pretty much would only go to like a small batch or like, okay, like a dairy. I feel like Dairy Queen is kind of outdated, but we have one where I live and my son loves the soft serve. So I feel like we kind of go there way too much. But anyway, my point here is that most of these businesses, um, they have like their set flavors and they have the set flavors that are like the normal ice cream. So let me open up actually, like let's open up a Cold Stone Creamery. Because I feel like back in the day when I was a lot younger, I'm old now, um, I remember Cold Stone Creamy was kind of like the really cool ice cream shop. They put all the ingredients in front of you and mash the ice creams together. So if I go to their website, you know, it's like cookie dough, um, birthday cake, something like with apple pie, cake batter, berry caramel, cheesecake, mint, mint chocolate chip or something. So kind of like standard flavors. And I think if you go to an ice cream shop in your town, for example, they're probably going to have the standard flavors, vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, mint chocolate chip, um, like a pistachio. Again, like pistachio is a weird flavor. I I don't like it. Uh, (laughs) For the record, my favorite ice cream flavor is peppermint stick. That's number one. And number two is mint chocolate chip. So I love like the minty peppermint ice cream. So anyway, back to flavors. So yeah, so they have like those normal flavors. Salt and straw, on the other hand, they do have their core flavors of ice cream. Like they have a – I wonder if it says it on the website. 
they have like chocolate brownie. They have, let's see. Okay. So their classic flavors are sea salt with caramel ribbons, which is incredible, by the way. If you live, if you ever come across a salt and straw, do yourself a favor and go immediately. It is worth the price. So their standard flavor. So again, we just talked about a normal ice cream shop and their standard flavors, which are like the boring vanilla, chocolate, mint, um, I don't know, strawberry, you know, they probably like cookie. Okay. Cookie dough and cookie dough. I have to admit cookie dough is really good. I do like a cookie dough. Um, and those are like standard flavors, birthday cake. I feel like you probably see birthday cake around salt and straw. Again, they're not going to do the same old shit that every other ice cream shop is doing. They're going to be doing something different. So their standard flavors are sea salt and caramel ribbons, double fold vanilla, chocolate gooey brownie, honey lavender, mint chocolate chip, which is vegan, salted malted chocolate chip cookie dough. I haven't – I think that might be a new one because I've never seen that before. Um, Something olive oil. Some of these I haven't seen before, so they could have updated their menu Um, because I haven't been in in probably like six months. Cinnamon snickerdoodle, strawberry, honey. So this is what I mean. Like they may have a boring flavor, but they spice it up by doing something different. Strawberry, honey, balsamic with black pepper. Like you might think – you might hear that and say, oh my god, that's so gross. That's so weird. But I'm telling you, every flavor that I've tried from them, even the weird ones, have been absolutely delicious. Like they are ninjas. They are – they're like – ingredient magicians and what they can do. Um, Cold brew coffee, cashew praline. I haven't seen that one before. And then pear and blue cheese. Oh my God, that sounds so gross. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like some of these, I'm like, oh my God, no. Uh, Only because I don't like cheese. So like a blue cheese ice cream, that makes me want to throw up. And then Marion coconut, Marion berry coconut, Sherbert. So some of these I actually have not heard of, and they may be exclusive to like California or um, Oregon. I've only been to the ones in Washington. So anyway, so those are their normal flavors. And then each month they launch a new series of flavors. So right now they're showing me this month's flavor. So I'm going to name these off for you. But every month it's different. So like I said, it's very much themed. And my personal favorite ice cream from Salt and Straw is the and again, I don't know what it's called. I think it's called Pot of Gold or something. Basically, it's like Lucky Charm cereals. Actually, I have two favorites. Lucky Charm marshmallows mixed into like a malted cream or something flavor ice cream. It is incredible. Incredible, incredible. My second favorite is the Cornucopia in Halloween. So in October, you know I'm going to be going driving my booty over to Seattle and I'm going to go get some Cornucopia ice cream because it's amazing. So this month, it's a berry flavor or something like that. So we have birthday cake and blackberry, boysenberry oat milk sherbet, wild foraged berry slab pie, goat cheese, marionberry habanero, and then some kind of yogurt lassi with raspberries. So that's kind of an interesting one. And then it looks like they have some other flavors in other places in Florida. So that's like one example of their flavor situation. 
And so now let's talk about what they do to get people to come back over and over and over. And that is the core part of this podcast episode. So again, you're going to go into a salt and straw and you're going to probably have a good experience and you're going to have an expensive experience because I'm pretty sure their ice cream, I don't know, I forget how much it costs, but I want to say like one scoop is like five, five or six dollars maybe, like once you pay tax and all that. And again, think of Think of the comparison, and I want you to really think of this. How do you get someone to buy a $5 or $6 ice cream cone when they can walk their booty over to a grocery store and probably buy a a gallon of ice cream for the same exact price or less, actually? How do you do that? And it's all about experience. It's that you like the experience of going there. You like the experience of... I don't know, going into the shop, trying new flavors, going to see like what flavors are they going to have this month. So Salt and Straw gets you to come in the first time because their ice cream is amazing and it's unique. And then what they do is by having those monthly themes, they're encouraging you to come back and try a new flavor on a monthly basis, if not more. I mean, I didn't go there every month, but to be honest with you, I probably did actually because You know, that was when I had my old business and I would just kind of walk around and go to different coffee shops and I would take my son to get ice cream quite often. So I probably did go like every month, but I can't really recall exactly. So, but because they're giving you a reason to come back every month with new flavors and not just flavors, it's like their themes and they're interesting. And so I think this is the other key part of their geniusness is that because the flavors are very interesting and different, it's making it makes you more intrigued because you want to come in and try it. So for example, like, and I wish their flavors this month were like a little bit more weird because normally they're really, really weird. And I would say two to three flavors seem normal. And then like two to three flavors are just like, oh my God, I don't even know what that would taste like. But that's their that is what they're doing. That's like their zone of genius. They're the They're creating a product that induces curiosity from their customers and their audience. So because you're like, ooh, I wonder what a goat cheese, marionberry, and habanero ice cream tastes like, I kind of want to try that. And you go in, they give you a little spoonful, you can try it. That is what they do that nails their like getting people to come in getting people to try. And then they're like, oh, would you like to try our um, wild foraged berry slab pie? If you liked this one, you, you'll you love this one. And then you try that and you're like, oh my gosh, it's delicious. I'll, I'll get that. So a lot of ice cream shops don't give out samples. And a lot of ice cream shops do not change their menu. Salt and Straw, one, gives out samples. Two, um, their flavors are very unique and different. And so it it makes you curious. It makes you want to come in and try whatever it is. And outside their door, they have little print. They have like a stand that shows the, the new flavors. So it's not just like, oh, if you come inside, you'll see what the flavors are. They show you outside. So that is what they do to get people to come back. And because, they're, because their ice cream is so good, because the experience is so good, and because the flavors are quite honestly absolutely delicious, it gets you to come back over and over and over again. So this is going to be a short episode here, um, but I wanted to highlight 
what they do because I think it's – I've never seen any ice cream shop that does this and they – I believe they are just geniuses. And I don't know if they've always – if they always did that strategy of creating these monthly themes and creating monthly themes of ice cream flavors that are extremely unique and that no one else does. And like, you know, we source local ingredients. So it's like people can't really copy that. So yeah, I if you can ever visit a salt and straw, I'd highly recommend it. I think they are a fantastic company. I love them so much. And a fun little fact for you. If you have an order of my kid's book called The Boy Who Chose Adventure, if you open up the book into let me grab the book really quick because I forget the page number. Okay, I have it right here in my office. So if you open up the book, and again, there's no part, you don't have to buy it or anything, but if you want to, it's an amazing book. It's all about um, a boy and his golden doodle traveling the Pacific Northwest, and they go on adventures together. It's a, it's really adorable. And anyway, one of the one of the and they go to different places in Seattle and Pacific Northwest. And if you open up the book, <laughs> um. Actually, I'm noticing there's no page numbers here, but there's a scene where they go to Ballard, Seattle, and they go to an ice cream shop, and there's a picture of basically salt and straw without being salt and straw because I can't legally print their name in a book. I don't think I can, but anyway, um, I didn't want to take that risk. But if you look close enough, you, you'll be able to figure out – you can put two and two together like – Oh, yeah, that's salt and straw. So it's a special place for me. I mean, I have special memories of living in Seattle. We since have moved outside of Seattle, but I loved Ballard and I have very special memories. And one of my memories is taking my son to salt and straw pretty often. And so they're, it's literally in the book right here. Um, Milan is eating a mint chocolate chip and Kennedy is eating a cup of vanilla ice cream, and that is from Salt and Straw. And you can see the storefront in the background. I just don't have the name written on it, but yeah, it's it's kind of funny. But all right, guys. So for takeaways for this episode, what I would think for you is I'm not trying to also tell you that you need to launch new products every single month. Okay, that's not what I'm saying here. But you want to think, is there something that I sell that I could – launch in a slightly different way more often to get people to buy another one. And I think this could this works really well in like the candle space, I would say. And I know we have a lot of candle listeners here. So I love you guys. I love my candles. But candles are a great thing that you can kind of continuously market to people. New candle scents, new candle themes. People love themed stuff. People love themes. And people like products that are seasonal. So if it's you know, for example, Salt and Straw, they had their um, Lucky Charms uh, flavor during St. Patrick's Day. And they have the Cornucopia and like, you know, Creepy Crawlers flavors around October because it's themed for holidays that people care about. So you just want to kind of think, how could I – one, I want you to always think, how can I get my customers to continuously buy for me over and over again? That should You should always be thinking of that. But two, how can you get your customers to like naturally just keep buying from you without like you constantly saying, buy my product, buy my product? Salt and Straw doesn't say that. It's just what they do. 
They launch different flavors. And if you're on their email list, you'll get an email that will say, this is a new month of flavors. Come and get it. And okay, I have to also mention one more thing. Um, these flavors are only around for that month and then they're gone. So you kind of have, you have, so there's urgency with salt and straw. They're getting you to not only come in, but like take action, but take action right now because in two weeks, that flavor is gone and you have to wait a whole year to get your hands on Lucky Charms cereal. So that's one thing I have to mention that I forgot to mention before is the sense that this sense of urgency, they, they really do a good job with that. So anyway, you want to kind of think, how could you do that for your brand? Could you launch a new thing? It doesn't have to be every month, but like every quarter, seasonal, and it's very time sensitive. We only have limited inventory, limited quantity for you to buy, and then it's gone. And when you do that, you can also charge more money. So, all right, my friends, that is it for this episode. I hope you loved this little quick tip episode and case study. And if you liked this style of episode, let me know because I can do more of these episodes. I love hearing from you on what you like, what you, you know, what you would love to hear more of. So you can let me know and you can also leave a review on Apple iTunes. And I will be very grateful if you can take a minute and do that. It makes me happy, but it also helps my podcast get out to more people. And today, doing some research on the podcast, I found out that we were ranked in the top 2% of podcasts globally. So again, on the scale of things, I'm not sure how great 2% is. It sounds really great to me. So I'm going to be, I'm going to celebrate that for today. Um, I know other people are like, we're in the point, top 0.5% of podcasts. So I could, of course, kick myself like, oh, why can't I be in the top 5%? But for today, I'm going to celebrate the fact that this podcast I started a year and a half ago is now in the top 2% of podcasts globally, which is kind of freaking crazy. There's like millions of podcasts. So that makes me super happy. And I am grateful for everyone listening, everyone that leaves me reviews, everyone that messages me and tells me, hey, I really love your podcast episode this week because of X, Y, and Z. Like, this is what I learned from it. I freaking love those messages. So if you learned something from today, let me know. I actually read all my emails and I love getting emails like that. All right, my friends, I will see you next week.